there's like three places where I'd get clarity. Be traveling, everything, life makes sense when you're traveling, sort of. Um, and I go to Morocco twice a year, so it's twice a year that I get a little bit of clarity. And also in the shower and the bath, it just all comes to me. This is Company, the podcast. I'm Sky Manson. Company is a podcast produced in rural Australia, bringing together ambitious women from the bush, the city and all over the world. Today's guest is Pip from regional business Empire, Jumbled, Igloo and The Sonic in Orange in central west New South Wales. Ask anyone west of the Dividing Range, actually plenty of people east of it too, and this is their favourite place to shop. Pip is my age. We're in the same year at school and over the years we have shared many friends and many social occasions together. And without doubt, she has got to be one of the most successful businesswomen I know. And she's also been trailblazing, trailblazing this area from a very young age. I look through my Instagram feed at Pip's account and I constantly think, how does she do it? Constantly evolving, new and exciting things, seriously, every other week and good fun always. And I'm so excited to be working with her on a Jumbled Loves a Chat podcast, which will be coming to your ears soon. Woohoo! Cheers to that! In this podcast, we talk about life before business, moments of clarity, why social media is her biggest asset, and the challenge of trying new things. Here she is. Enjoy her company. Pip, it is so exciting to be chatting with you for my uh, podcast company. Thank you for your time. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Sky. So let's start from a bit from the beginning. How did this all come about? We're sitting in the back room of the Sonic now, which is, I suppose, the powerhouse of um, all things that go on outside. How did it come to be? So I guess, oh, it goes back a long way. I grew up in Orange. I grew up in a farm in Blaney and mum had a clothing store for 25 years and so I always think that I wanted to own my own business and um, we, I guess, just kind of made that happen and we've. I ended up moving back to Orange after going to school and uni in Sydney and um, here we are now. And I love that you have a bit of a, a rural background and a, and a farm connection. Tell me what your memories of that are. Yes, yeah, so we grew up on a little property called the Curra out near Blaney and um, it was beautiful. We had a beautiful garden, lots of sheep. I remember um, there was always puppies and walnut trees and just really beautiful um, you know, shearing, shearing shed, playing in there and all sorts of things. But um, we moved off the farm 
when I was halfway through kindergarten, moved into Orange. And like, unfortunately, my dad passed away not long after that. But it was kind of great that we were off the farm for mum. We were like right in the middle of town and mum had sort of set up her business. So it was kind of great. But so my memories of farm life are all just really beautiful, like chicken sheds and cubby houses and um, all very beautiful. And completely um, innocent too. Yeah, yeah, so special. And mum was a teacher at the local school and, um, yeah, it was just beautiful. It was probably the best type of, you know, really idyllic, yeah. yeah. Does it play into much for you these days, that, that early, early stage of your life? I guess it probably totally, I guess it probably would. Mum was always quite artistic mm. and dad as well as being a farmer, always had different elements of his business going on. He was surveying for gold and all sorts of different things. So I think, oh, and I think it's the best way to grow up, isn't it, yeah. as well? Just yeah. really unaffected and, um, you know, I'd, I would love to give that to my kids now, but whether or not you're giving it or not, um, but, yeah, it was perfect. Well, you will be when you, you oh, all they need is a bit so. of um, outdoors, isn't there? And your new home looks like it will be that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we just bought a bit of land outside of Orange and we're currently building on it now. So hopefully they will go and run around and play and yabby and yeah. all the things that we used to do. I see all the little um, trees over the little creek and I think, oh, my gosh, I would have loved to have just been here as a kid. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully, yeah. hopefully. And so you've gone from that very um, humble grounding early days of your life to really, really big things and completely inventing new ways of doing business in regional areas, and um, which I think is so great. So tell me, I'm interested to know a little bit more about the background of things like where did you study when you were at uni and, and how did you always... Was it, were all paths leading towards this always? Yeah, so I think probably, yeah, I would say all roads were leading this way. But I think that I always loved anything creative like art and design. But I guess at school, I went away to boarding school and then um, I knew that I wanted to do something creative but didn't really know what. And I surprised everyone and did quite well in the HSC and surprised myself. And I was able to study fashion at UTS. So I did a Bachelor of Design and that was amazing. It was four really, really hard years, but um, it was really challenging but amazing. And at that time, I did a lot of work experience wherever I could with magazines, trend forecasting. I worked in um, lots of retail stores. Learning. What mags did you work for? Um, I did, in, did my, uh, one day a week with the Woman's Weekly. And I also used to work I did my work experience at Good Taste magazine when I was in year 10 and then from that Lisa Green whenever wherever she would end up she would I would just help her out or whoever with her stylist wherever I could but yeah the Women's Weekly was my final year of uni which was really interesting but not what I wanted to do in the end as soon as um I finished and Speedy my now husband we went away to Fiji together and the first drink by the pool that day I thought it all just came to me I think you've sometimes got to step away from your life to 
to get clarity and I was like, I'm going to open my own shop. I don't know where, don't know how. I was thinking I might do it in Sydney. Um, and he's like, oh, good for you. How are you going to do it? And I was like, I don't know. I'll just go work for some of the best people. But I think with seeing mum and her business and work for her in my school holidays and everything, she was really the best teacher of all. But I went and worked for Belinda Seeper in the Belinda stores and um, – worked for a really amazing lady there called Marlene and I think I just got the confidence to do it and decided that I should open a clothing store in Orange or I actually started in Bathurst Um, but I felt like out here there was nothing like that at the time everyone was traveling to Sydney to buy clothing online was not a thing yet Um, and so yeah I just saw an opening and that's why I decided to do it out here. So, yeah, I started Igloo when I was 21 and I didn't think that it would fail for some reason. But, um, yeah, it was tough the first the first three years were pretty tough, yeah. And how long ago was that now? I don't, I'm so bad at maths. But I it cannot... was more than like 10 years. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I can't even yeah. do the maths. That's anyway, not it's more than a decade point. ago, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's like 13 or 14 years, but I don't know. So I, I love like this and what it has become um, now, it just seems to be a what you're doing seems to be constantly evolving. And you mentioned before that, you know, you, you seem to have moments of clarity where you're like, okay, yep, and it just becomes clear mm. all of a sudden. Can you tell me a bit about that and how that happens for you? I think there's like probably – two no three places where I'd get clarity be traveling um I feel like you always sort of it just everything life makes sense when you're traveling sort of um and I go to Morocco twice a year so it's twice a year that I get a little bit of clarity and also in the shower and the bath it just all comes to me and when you're not actually when you're supposed to be relaxing and yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. that's when all my ideas come or it all just seems to make sense i think i just want to break in here to tell you about the sponsor for this episode of company Quandiella Candles is a bush business selling candles in gorgeous jars and other vessels from a beautifully rundown studio in the tiny town of Quandiella, population 349. You can see Sarah's work and, more importantly, buy her candles at Quandi Candles on Instagram or on her website, quandiellacandleco.com.au. Thanks so much, Sarah, for supporting this episode. Was the Sonic here a moment of clarity? Yes, so we'd grown out of... So then I opened Jumbled six six years later after Igloo. Um, After I bought a house, I decided that... um, I don't know, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And um, we'd outgrown our space. We had a tiny little shop in the middle of town and we just didn't know what to do next. Online was really starting to kick off and social media and we just were on the search but we wanted something interesting. And we'd looked at a few places but Speedy, my husband, who's really uncreative but lovely, was walking the dog one night 
and he said, I think I found the perfect spot for you. And I was like, oh, where? And he's like, the Masonic Hall. And because we grew up like a block away from here, it was always really creepy with like no windows and high grass. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that is actually the best idea ever. We looked at it the next day with the real estate agent and we got up into the roof and the rafters just, I just was beside myself. It was bigger than I ever could have imagined I didn't know that it was this big out the back but um we sort of knew we had to have it straight away and it made sense then to move igloo in our clothing store as well and for years I've I've been dreaming about having a concept store after going to Mercy in Paris and anthropology you know coffee fashion home uh, flowers bake you know everything all in one thing that this just totally made sense and we ended up buying it and totally overextending ourselves but um it was the best decision we ever made and um yeah there was no looking back on that really yeah and once you got you know you you purchased it and things were starting to move along did your idea for what you wanted this space to be keep keep growing and growing Yes, yeah, so with um, the people that we bought it off, it was like a clothing factory um, and they had to rent it for a year as part of our agreement, which at the time I was a bit annoyed about, but it ended up being the best thing because we were able to save for a year um, and we were able to plan as well. So it just meant that. So we got Studio Estetta, who's a school friend from high school to help us design the building, but it just allowed us a year to set a plan and work it all out so that when we when we actually took over, we did the renovation in eight weeks and it was a whirlwind, but we were able to do it to a really tight budget and really tight time frame. And I don't think we could have done that if we didn't have that year to plan. Um, and I think from the second we walked in, I guess the bones of how we wanted it to be was like igloo on the ride in its own thing. So it felt a bit private where you're trying on clothing instantly thought we needed a cafe right in the middle at the back you know if a a counter in the middle so it felt really you know we weren't wasting walls I just think I guess the bones we knew straight away we knew the ceilings need to needed to be exposed and yeah I guess our gut instinct was kind of the same from the start to the finish Yeah. yeah And what did did for you, did you ever for one moment think that it might not fit in orange? No, I think no, no, it didn't. I just always, you know, orange is such a beautiful and supportive community, and yeah, no, and orange is cool. Like people sometimes think that it's not cool in the country, but it's so cool out here. And I think retail in regional areas and business are, are really kicking goals, especially, yeah, especially homewares and fashion. And yeah, I think everyone has to has to be more than just selling stuff. And I think regional businesses are really taking that on board. Yeah, I didn't ask that question because I, I mean, I think it t- most definitely fits in orange. But um, and and obviously, you did you did too. Because but you're really leading have, at that time, leading mm. the way yeah. in what what could be achieved and dreaming big. Yeah, I think when we opened the Sonic, 
was different to opening all of our other stores. You know, we, we'd moved lots of different times and I think having social media was probably the is just the greatest asset that a business can have these days because we decided that morning, oh, my gosh, let's just open this thing. And we opened it, at, I think, after lunch because we were just frantic and have been working for like 48 hours here. And we just put it on Instagram that we're open. And I swear from like 20 minutes after that, we've been busy ever since. But it's not like we had to prove ourselves again. I think when you do open a new business, it is it is really tough um, because sometimes those people that come in and say to you, oh, this isn't going to do well here and things like that really get to you when you're new. But when you sort of have a bit more experience and you have followers already and supporters of your business and your idea, then you think, oh, aren't you a mole? You know, like you just can um, brush off those people a bit more. Whereas because people totally say stuff like that. But I feel like Orange was grateful that we were here and I think, you know, it's just nice having nice things in your town. Yeah. And having the big space here, yeah. how does that contribute to you being able to dream big and like constant well you it just seems that um you you are there's new things on the boil all the time and it's such an exciting community to be involved in. Hi boys. Hello, my kids are just appearing. At this point, Pip's little boy, Digby, popped his head in to say a quick hello before scurrying away quickly. I just wanted to leave it in because it's nice to hear from other members of the family and as any business owner, small or big, will know that this is a very real part of life. Oh, Digby! Yeah. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? What does it mean for you in having such a big space? Does it, is it inspiring? Oh, totally. The whole history of the building, it was built in 18, oh, sugars, I can't even remember what it is, but it's over 100 years old and it was like one of the first buildings in Orange. So it has so much, it has so much interesting assets to it. Um, I should say aspects to the building, but I just think it's a really interesting space. But I think the Sonic has allowed us to really showcase who we are and what we're all about. Um, And with the Sonic, I think it allowed us to be noticed. I feel like all of a sudden then the media, all different things and opportunities came our way. And before, you know, when I had my tiny little store, I would make use of the tiny store and make it probably seem bigger in photos. Like I would have certain angles that I've photographed things on in particular ways. But then when people would come and visit, they'd be like, oh, I thought it would be much bigger than this. And I'd think, oh, God. But now when people come to the Sonic, they're like, oh, my gosh, it's better and bigger than I ever could have imagined. So I think, oh, that's nice. Like that's really good. And I really love um, that you can do whatever you want here. I, you know, you you have drinks here and launches, and it's almost like an art gallery. And um, you know, you hosted Christmas here for your family and things. And so, how does that play into you as a businesswoman? Just being able to do whatever you want is that part of the reason why you purchased it? 
Yeah, and we just had a staff Christmas party in here and we had a sleepover, which was really fun last week. I think everyone's still recovering a little bit. But um, I think that's the beauty of having your own business, full stop, that you can do whatever you want and just decide to do something and you can make it happen later that day. You come up with something and you don't have to ask anyone else and you can just do it. And I think this space definitely allows you to have to do that as well. You just can... You know, yeah. and, and owning it is a bonus as well. Yeah. And so I think, yeah, you've got so many strings to your bow now. You've you've got a clothes shop and a homeware shop and there's a, a coffee store involved in that and you're doing overseas trips and there's the jumble journal and, um, and the huddle, of course. How do you do that? How do you just keep evolving with so much amazing stuff and opportunity? I think that we have a really great team at the moment. We're only a really small team, but a really good team. And that if we, and you don't have to spend a lot to do all of those things. You just have to decide to do them and then you do them. Um, Yeah, yeah, you just make, make shit happen probably. But I think that, yeah, having a really good team and having the ideas, but I do think that, you always it is really hard that you have to be constantly evolving and and surprising the customer and keep them it is really hard keeping the momentum up it's been a very big year and I feel like I need a holiday but it's been an amazing year um you know what you put in you definitely get out um but yeah I just think it's limitless what you can be but I also think that retail you know lots of retails really struggling at the moment so you need to be more than just retail I think you know boring retails a bit dead whereas you need to be events and workshops and um, have your own collaborations and um, just I just think have your eggs in lots of different baskets but also as well as spreading the risk I think it's also about just challenging yourself and I actually do love the challenge of trying new things and yeah 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 and how you mentioned that the staff are great and that's Mm. part of why you've been able to keep evolving how do you foster such a great um, staff team oh staff are really really hard but you couldn't do it without them either Um, but I've had Selena's been with me for over 10 years and Jess I think six years and I've made lots of um, mistakes in between as well Um, but I think I've come to the realization that you know I want to you know they're some of my very best friends my staff as well Um, and I think that who we want here is people that are kind and generous because I think and I don't think that's something you can teach people as well I think it's like within their nature so I just know that I need to hire on that as well because I think that comes across in customer service it comes across in the way we interact with one another as a staff um but yeah I just literally have the best staff and they all get along really well and um but yeah it is really it is really tricky especially when we are so busy and I am mindful that it is hard to keep this momentum up of this year and and all the years but um yeah they're the best What's your approach to ideas, new ideas? Oh, new ideas. Um, I like to just try them, see how they go. And if they don't work, 
it's okay. And there's not usually like heaps of money tied up in ideas. But if something isn't working or selling, you can usually try and approach it in a different way. Um, And I think with social media and uh, things like, uh, you know, you're able to do it in a in an affordable way like yeah. it costs no money really yeah. um and you've got an immediate response they'll tell you if it's not working yeah yeah exactly and you can also test out your ideas yeah. before you even put them into practice and see if it gains any traction yeah. um that's often and what about within within your team like do you have a way do you have a board where you say okay that's you know i think this might work let's house it over there for a while and then come back to it or anything like that Nothing very formal. I think it's usually after I've had a shower, a bath, and there's a text message sent out saying, oh, I just came up with this really cool idea, or I'll be like, oh, my God, hold on to your socks. What about, you know, and sometimes the girls will be like, no, that's not a very good idea. But usually more more often than not, it's like, yeah, let's do that. Or Jess will be like, oh, I'll make a logo for that, or we could do this. You know, I think... Yeah, I think sharing the ideas with the girls or with Speedy, it all yeah. it usually just happens and people, we just make it happen somehow. I don't know. You really do. Yeah. It just seems that you have an idea and you run with it and, um, and, and I think that is really so, so admirable. I want to ask you more about your collaborations, which, of course, we haven't even mentioned yet, but it's been a huge year for, for that as well. Yeah. How, did, how do you go about even starting that? So the first one sort of came our way with Sage and Claire. They approached us and asked us if we wanted to do our own exclusive Nudie Rudy bath mat with them, and we just jumped at the opportunity. It was so fun working with them on designing it. We've literally just sold out as of last week and sold 700 of them, which I just can't even imagine that 700 bathrooms have our bath mat, which is really lovely. Um, But then all the others are just about asking people and more often than not they say yes. I I think a really good collaboration has to work well for both brands Um, and you both have to bring something to the table as well. But You know, with Society of Wanderers, we approached them about a leopard linen and they just jumped at the opportunity and um, that's gone gangbusters too and Confetti Rebels, we did some T-shirts with Amy and it's just I think with retail and with business you have to be doing new things all the time and you have to set yourself apart from the competition. I think collaborations and exclusive product is where we want to go as well because I think there's so many homeware stores that you go into and you're like, oh, yeah, seen that, seen that, seen that. But I think with original art and collaborations is what is going to be the future for us. Like We'd love to make our own product and things like that. But if you... Yeah, I just say to people, just ask because more often than not, people will say yes if you throw it out into the universe, things come your way. And I suppose it's tapping into that everyone is time poor and people have skills in certain areas and so why not work together on it? Yeah, and and also, you know, even just in terms of nerdy rudy bath mats, let's just say like how do you go and even manufacture them and things like that. So you can, you know, use the people that already have the skills in that in that respect and you can both use each other's audience. And um, 
you know, it's a really great way to find new audiences as well, which has been, you know, it's there's so many positives to it and the process is really, really fun. So we've also just done it um, for our huddle business event in Feb. We've created a, the goodie bag with Rachel Castle and it just arrived today, the sample, and it's just so cool. And I think that's, yeah, that's a super proud moment when I see an order and it's got all of our collaborations in it, um, I think, oh, my gosh, that's so great. Yeah, that's great. It's like when I see someone walking down the street and they're holding an eagle and a jumble bag in each hand and I'm like, that's the ultimate. That's great. Good. Tick the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the huddle is, you know, has been such a successful idea and you know this too, no doubt, but it just to me seems like the timing is is so right and it really is um, such a – um, a melding pot of different audiences from the country and the city. Is that yeah, what you're saying? Yeah. I think the timing, I've wanted to do this for a really long time, like years. I've wanted to have a business event for women in Orange and it's been my constant thought in the shower and the bath and while I've been travelling and I just, I think the last time I was in Morocco, I sort of was thinking that it's the people that you meet and uh, everyone has a bit of a story that, and then while I was away, Buy From The Bush also started and I think there was a real awareness with the drought and I just thought there's no better time than now to make this happen and... um, I said to the girls, let's do it, let's do the event. And we were, you know, we just started approaching people to be the mentors for our event. And the people who said yes um, are just so kind and generous and amazing. Like loads of people said no, we got loads of no's. But I think people needed to understand um, what's going on out here for them to say yes because I think there's so many women out here who are making, you know, lives for themselves and lives for their families off farm or they want to eat, they're moving from Sydney to live here. I think there's just so many people doing so many interesting things and we often miss out on this sort of stuff. So I thought let's just do it. And what do you say about, I'm just really interested in your perspective about buy from the bush um, it's completely oh, invigorated everything on so many levels. But what's pleasing for you to see in a rural business sense as you watch these businesses just boom? Yeah, I think Grace Brennan's just, you know, and buy from the bush. To me, on a level of um, the traction that she's been able to gain, just as one part of it, I think it's amazing that it just goes to show if you have something that people – like resonate with and believe in, then you the people will come. Um, I think in this busy media landscape where things are really big one day and they're not the next, they can lose their traction, whether it's the bushfires for a little bit or the something for a little bit. I just think it's been amazing the momentum that's been able to keep on going and the support that it's brought. And I feel like... It just goes to show that, yes, you can't make it rain, but you can make it, you can make changes in people's lives by, I think, strong business makes strong communities. And I think that, you know, with the drought, 
it gives it's been able to give someone give people in the city as well a way of being able to help and show that you care because yeah there's no real other way out of this you can buy a bail or a little bit of water or, or give them a $50 voucher to Coles but where does that go so I think you know with free coffees and drought drops and buy from the bush I just think there's it's just nice for them to know that people care. And I just think it's when I see all those, the local post offices and the cars full of packaging and, and online orders, I just think how, how spectacular rather than people, people are going to spend money at Christmas. So why not? Don't let it be from Amazon or America, like buy here. I just think it's so, so practical and, and inspiring on heaps of different levels. And it's been so wonderful and exciting to watch on and see people in business in rural areas uh, be number one, uh, you know, featured and then excited and then you can almost see within weeks the confidence within that business grows and, and new things are happening and that's so exciting. Yeah, I think it's literally changed people's lives so I think that's really amazing that you in in business or in whatever you're doing you do have the power to make like a little bit of a difference whether it's like yeah I just think it's really um heartwarming to see but also that the the momentum's been able to keep going which I think is really spectacular that Grace just didn't let it be a big boom and then it fall off the face of the planet of whatever I just think it's just amazing. And you know what that's like to yeah. keep to keep the momentum going, that it's really tough. Yeah, I, don't, I literally don't know how she's done it. And there's been – she's had so much feedback from the, the store owners but also the customers and the people. Like it's a lot to be keeping on top of. So well done, really well done. And harking back to what we were saying about the huddle – and the timing being really right and with Buy From The Bush all of a sudden you're seeing lots of rural businesses being plunged into the spotlight. So in a collaboration sense, you know, there is the it's fertile ground for potential collaborations in the future. Do you have any advice on, on that, like trying to have the confidence to plunge yourself into a more urban audience and approach people, um, businesses that live in, in the, that are operating in the city. Yeah. yeah. I would just say, um, just ask, like put it out there. People, people want to, people want different things. They want different challenges and more often not than not, they'll say yes. And if they say no, just move on to the next person because there will be probably someone else um I just think give it a go yeah Yeah. it's all so busy and exciting and invigorating and I'm constantly wondering how you fit everything into your day can you give us a little sneak peek into what your day does look like like are you a morning person or an evening person I'm like a neither person I don't think um I have a really good husband who is really supportive and um looks after a lot of the logistics of life because I just can't hand just at the moment this year I haven't been able to manage um my kid if, if he wasn't here my kids would be in the wrong uniform every day and that yeah not very good at that but um every day is super different um but I'm often up late working um but yeah it's just been a bit of a busy old year 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you, think, have you had any time? Like, how do you relax or wind down? What's your favourite thing to do? Probably drinking champagne, which is really naughty. And um, walking. I love to walk. I have to walk every day or I don't sleep at night time because I worry and my brain won't switch off. But, yeah, we just – I walk out at our new block. Cause it's on um, Spring Creek Dam and there's a really beautiful walk out there and listen to podcasts and that's, like, my thing. But, yeah, champagne and walks. Um, can you, do you like, What potties do you love? I'm always after a recommendation. Oh, I chop and change a little bit, but I do love um, House of Style. I think that's really great. And I love Mia Friedman, No Filter. I can always go to hers and be really inspired. But I um, love to listen to business stories as well. Um, but it depends. Yeah, I'm always chopping and changing. But I am really interested in... Um, the history of a business and how they got to where they were but as well if you can tell that they're not being all glossy glossing over the bad things as well I like to know the you know like to know the highs and the lows yeah Yeah. everybody's real (laughs) yeah totally and I think yeah well Pip thanks thank you so much for speaking with me on Company the Podcast and um, we will continue to to watch as uh, your little empire goes and grows and grows thank you Sky thanks for having me thanks for listening to this episode of Company if you want to share Pip's story with your friends I would totally love that Also, a click on the subscribe button and a written review on Apple Podcasts is another way that people can discover this podcast, something that I would also love. You can find me on Instagram at sky underscore Manson or have a look around my website, mansonandcompany.com. For now, it's time to go, but thanks for being good company.